Tonight we're going to be talking about different calling in a dark world. Different calling. We're, we've, we're, we're taking our study from the book of 1 Peter. If you haven't read that, you ought, to, you ought to just go home and get in your recliner or lay down in your bed and, and read the whole book before you go to bed tonight. Very powerful words of Peter to the church. And uh, we, we look at the things that he said and realize that we are not ordinary people. One of the things that Peter keeps saying to us over and over, if you read the book, is that we are called. He uses calling and call and called over and over in the book of First Peter because a calling emboldens us. It encourages us. It empowers us. Are you glad for the day God called you? Let me tell you what every one of us are, are called. We're called to be witnesses. The Bible said the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and you shall be witnesses. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you become a witness. Can you say amen? So we're called. We're called. There are, there are three callings that I want to mention to you tonight. and One of them we'll talk about more extensively than the others. One is the eternal calling, an eternal calling to Christ, or an eternal call to Christ. Could I put it that way? And that, that calling is to all men everywhere. You know what? I talked with a fellow not long ago that believed in predestination. Now, that, that's Calvinism is what it is. And predestination is uh, it's, it's actually uh, saying that people are predestinated before they're born as to whether or not they'll be saved or lost. Well, I, I wouldn't want to serve a God like that. Somebody that predestined you to heaven or to hell. He said to me, he said, God already has predestined every soul. I said, well, why do you even have a church if there's predestination? Why do people, people even come to the house of God? Just tell us who's going to be saved or lost and we'll go on with it. But, but that's not true and that's not in the Word of God. But let me tell you, every man has a call to the cross. The Bible said Jesus is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Can you say amen? I, last time I read the book of God, the prophet Joel said, In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy and so forth. But he didn't say some flesh, and he didn't say just a few. He said all flesh. That's why the Holy Ghost is falling and people are receiving the Holy Ghost by the thousands all over this world. Even as I speak, there's people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because people are called to an eternal call. The eternal call is the Lord calling us out of this old world and saving us by the blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And then there is a temporary call to an assignment. And I understand that. There are times that God calls us and we are called not just by God, but you may be called by the pastor for an assignment. You may be called by a church leader for an assignment. There may be something that God pulls you aside and says you need to do this. And it's for a temporary time. It's for a 
a piece of time in your life that God assigns you to a certain place or a certain thing or a certain work or a certain ministry. And so we believe that God does make a temporary call to people. But the call that I want to talk about most tonight is a daily call. It's a call to a different standard, a different standard. It's calling you when, uh, when you realize this and you understand who we are. Let me tell you something. We are somebody. We're not just nobodies. When you were called by Jesus Christ, you became a part of the bride of Christ. Now, Don Leach likes to say it this way. Ain't nobody anybody except who they are. That's what, he said that many years ago, and we had never forgot that. Donald, you put that on us, and that's great philosophy. Ain't nobody anybody. He was talking about people that thought they were up here, you know. Ain't nobody anybody but who they are. Well, that's true. That's a true saying. But the facts are, when you were called by God, you became a part of the body and a part of the bride, and you are important to God. But he didn't call you to remain like you are. He called you to change you. And he called you out. Everybody say, he called me out. He called me out. The Bible said he called us out. He didn't call us to stay where we were. He called us out. Let, let me say this to you tonight. You say, well, what am I called to do? What, what are you saying, preacher? What am I called to do? Well, let me, let me, let me fix it for you right now. God will call you to a who because, before he calls you to a do. Let me say that to you because he wants you to know who you are before you know what you're going to do. And when you realize and when you know who you are, then you'll know what you're supposed to do. And so we're going to talk about who we are here tonight. We're going to talk about what God called us out of. Is there anybody here that, that is glad for the day that God picked you up? The scripture that I preached Sunday morning, he called you out of the pit. He put you, he called you out of the miry clay, the Bible says, and he put your feet on a rock. I remember when God called me. Does anybody know the day, the hour, the place, the time that God called you out? What a blessed day. But when you know who you are, then you can find out what you're supposed to do. We wander around sometimes thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? When you figure out who you are, then you'll know. Because the Scripture gives us instruction. Peter was writing, and I've said this in the very first lesson of different people. Were, Peter was writing to a persecuted people. People that had been through severe persecution and had seen severe persecution. And, and the world at that time was not, they were not... Uh, in favor of the church. Matter of fact, they looked at them as being superstitious and incestuous and even cannibals. Go study. Go study the commentaries because they, they looked at them as being superstitious because of all the miracles. And they looked at, at, at them as being magicians and Jesus being the chief magician, if you please, because they were always worried about and wondering how all of these things happen. Well, you know what the Bible said? The Bible said the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So what I'm here to tell you, they just didn't understand who the church was. 
They didn't understand what the church was all about. Amen? So, so they, they were super, they called them superstitious. And then they called them incestuous because they had these agape meetings, which uh, was a, a love feast back then. And they, they were calling each other brother and sister. Well, let me tell you, the agape love and the brother and sister love here is not an incest love. This is what God called us to be. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love each other. Amen? And so, so they, they call them those names. And then they even call them cannibals because, because Jesus said, Here, this is my body. Take, eat. This is my blood. Take, drink. He said, That's a bunch of, that's, they were saying, Those are superstitious people. Those are incestuous people. Those are cannibals. Those people aren't right. Well, we don't have to deal with that today. We're, we've got totally different things and ideas that have come at us in the 21st century. But let me, let me, let me give you some word today. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 if you'll put it on the, on the screen. The Bible said, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who have called you out of darkness into the marvelous night. Now, how many times have we quoted that? How many times have we said that? Oh, we, we're a chosen generation. Let me give it to you in the New Living Translation. Here's what it said. For you are a chosen people. You are a you are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Now watch this. For He called. He called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So what I've come to tell you on a Wednesday night is that we are not superstitious and we are not incestuous and we are not cannibals. We are chosen. We are God's house. We are God's people. We are not ordinary. We are different. Somebody say, I'm different. I love it. I love the original. I love the King James Version. And, and I like the New Living Translation. But, but the, the King James Version says, we are peculiar people. Peculiar. I got to tell you that we are pretty peculiar. Amen. I looked around to some of the wide, wide eyes that sit in this place on a Sunday, and you know I just love it when they all come and we just do what we normally do, just sing and worship and praise God, and and uh, the the Holy Ghost comes down and people. But you know what? People are moved by that, but they don't understand why we are so peculiar. Why? Because we're chosen. We're a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. I could spend time on every one of them today. You see, we are not what we used to be. We are a new creation. Let me preach to you a little bit. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old, he said, behold. Somebody shout, behold. I'm going to preach a little bit now. You better grab your bootstraps. This, this is not in my notes, but I feel it. The Bible said, the Bible said, behold, behold. You know what that word means? Huh? Thank you, Ruth. You've been around here long enough. And you too, Jimmy. Look and see. Paul said, look and see. The old things are passed away. All things have become new. Just look around and see. You, you can tell, Christians. Hello. Look and see. 
The old things are passed away. He's not the man he used to be. He don't go where he used to go. She don't talk like she used to talk. They don't live the lifestyle they used to live. There's been a lot of change in their life. You know what? Look, I'm sick and tired, and I've said it over and over, of Hollywood getting the Holy Ghost, getting saved, supposedly, and nothing ever changed. Let me tell you, when you get God, things change in your life. Your desires change. Your heart changes. Your mind changes. It comes from the inside out. That's why the Bible said it's like a river of living water, and it flows from the inside out. Does anybody believe that God changes you when you come to Him? Well, there's a few of you, but let me tell you, if He didn't change you, I want to be the first to tell you, you didn't really get it. But when you get Him, you get changed. He'll change the way you look at people. He'll change the way you think about your neighbor. He'll change the, he'll change the places you go to. Oh, I could preach right here for a little while tonight. The problem is, is we want him, but we don't want change. But he said, if any man's in Christ, there's a new creature. There's a new man being born. You're going to lay down some old habits. You're going to lay down some old ways. You're going to put some things behind you that aren't supposed to be in your life. Hallelujah. You can't live for God with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You've got to live for God totally. Well, see, we don't think superstitious or incestuous or accountable, but, but let me tell you what our world thinks about the church. You ready? Ready? Self-righteous, judgmental, intolerant, bigots. And, and it's sad to say, but some so-called Christians, unfortunately, have earned us that title. But they're not real Christians because real Christians love real people. And when one walks in this room and he's been in the drug world or she's been a prostitute or they've been down to the, to the bar or they've lived the life of, of, of a dreadful sinner, you know what we're going to do? We're going to love them here because that's what real Christians do. You can't be judgmental. Amen? I talked with somebody yesterday that came to my office and I, 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 I don't know if they were looking for what they got. They wanted some counseling. I don't think they wanted what they got, but they got it. And uh, and and so I said, uh, well, are you, are you married? No. You live together? Yeah. I said, well, let's start right there. Well, you got two choices. Go get some marriage license tomorrow and come back here and let me marry you. Well, we want to live for God. Okay, I'm going to tell you how to start. Different. You can't do what the world says you can do. Go get your marriage license, come back, and I'll marry you. We'll get this thing started right. Otherwise, sir, move out. Whose house is it? She said, my house. I said, you need to go. Oh, pastor, that's not what we read. what they said, but that's what I read. That's not what we were looking for. You know, you, you, look, you can't live like the world. Act like the world. Have the world's way if you're going to live for God. Throw these notes away and start preaching here if some of y'all don't get on board. Because let me tell you, the Bible said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If the love of the world's in you, the love of the Father's not there. You can't love what the world loves. You can't live the way the world lives. You can't even dress the way the world dresses. Hallelujah, anyhow. You see, Peter was writing to suffering and despised Christians. 
But he was telling them, you've got to be different. Listen to what he said in the 11th verse. Dear friends, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Now, this is, our, this is where we can understand it. You go read it in the King James. I'm going to read it in the New Living because I want you to understand it. Peter said, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. And they will give honor to God when He judges the world. Different. Somebody say different. You're different. You see, Peter, Peter was not trying to convince, saying don't, don't just try to convince them to believe like you believe. Go show them that we believe and so we behave. We are believers and so by this we behave ourselves in this world. It's in these scriptures that the Bible talks about honoring Authority. You know, there's a there's a lot of lot of stuff that's quoted that is not scripture. You know, how many of you ever heard the scripture "Obey those that have the rule over you"? That's in there. How many of you ever heard the scripture "Obey the law of the land"? How many of you heard that scripture? That ain't a scripture. You didn't hear no such a thing. Bible doesn't say that. That's a little paraphrase. Here's read, read on down a little bit. Find the scripture there for me real quick. I'm not going to my Bible. I'm just going to depend on my, on my guy up here. The Bible said to honor governors and honor kings and, and, and honor authority. That's what the scripture tells us to do. And, and when you do that, you are living a lifestyle that, that shows where... You see, you see all of our friends here. Somebody said, well, why do we got to have all them politicians? You love the district attorney when you get a speeding ticket. Because you want me to call him. You gripe about friend day, but you want him here when you need him. You let you go get in trouble and see if you don't like me knowing them. Don't bring me a speeding ticket if you don't like it. Okay? It pays to honor authority. And it pays to be friends with people. You know why we have friend day? Bring people in here that, and they come every year. Now, a lot of these people don't come on election year. They come every year. And there were several that couldn't be here this year that normally are here. So, so here, here's the deal. It's not just about showing, ooh, 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 we know this one. That's not what it's all about. The Bible said you give honor to those people. You, you, you show them how you live. And I've had some of those judges tell me, tell me this. Preacher, if everybody lived by the, like the, by the book like the people that, that you pastor, we wouldn't have near as much problem. I've had authorities in this parish tell me that. Amen. So, so we, we show what we believe by how we behave. That's in your notes, by the way. Now, you've you got you to gotta live by your faith first. Amen? 
and you can't be on the defense. You got to be on the offense. You know, for years I feel like we we've been on the on the defense. You know, oh well, you know, well, and they've called us cults and they've called us all kind of stuff, and we're not. You don't have to bring me your check and me hold the tithes out of it. You're gonna pay tithes because you love God. You don't have to ask me if you're going on vacation. You know, I appreciate you telling me when you leave in town. But the facts are, this is not a cult. I don't run your life. I put my deputy badge up a long time ago, and I'm not following you around to see what you do. If you're waiting on that, go find you one. There's probably some in the Twin Cities you can find that'll do that. Well, it's true. For so long, you know. Well, why do you believe that? You know, it used to be, you, could I, boy, I'm way off this lesson. Lord, you ain't going to give me this lesson no more. Why, why, why is it that we think that we can just get by believing something just because that's what the church said or that's what the preacher said? I've had people tell me, well, I just told them that's what my preacher said. That ain't what, it's not what the preacher said. It's what this Bible says. You better learn to give every man an answer for what you believe. And know why you believe what you believe. Is everybody hearing me tonight? You need to know why you believe Jesus' name baptism. Why you believe in holiness. Why you believe in one God. Why you believe in the resurrection. Why you believe in the things that we teach and believe in this church. It's not good enough to say, well, my preacher said that. Because you're going to get backed in a corner someday. You know, way I, you know the way a cult lives? I know where one's at, and I know somebody's been dealing with one, and, and, and it's, not, it's within 150, 60 miles of here. And, and it's a bad situation, and I've talked to the people several times, and, and uh, they've kept me informed. Their kids are there, and they can't even talk to their kids. It's, it's a bad deal. But, but a cult, you know, they run your life. We don't need to be on that kind of defensive. What we need to do is be on the offensive. Do you know how powerful God is? Do you know the miracles God can work in your life? Do you know the Lord can set you free from those habits? Do you Come on, let's bring the offense. The greatest defense is a good offense. Quit being on the defense. Do you think I'm ever criticizing this church? Do you think this church is ever criticized? Do you think we ever have to defend ourselves? Yes. There, there's, there's a lot of times that we could, but, but it's not, that's not what God's looking for. He said just go live the life and be honorable and share the love of Jesus Christ and preach the truth and live the truth. And when you get up every morning, go through your community living for God, different. Let them know you're different. You don't have to tell them if you show them. Your greatest testimony is not what comes through your lips. Your greatest testimony is what comes out of your life. Hallelujah. See, it's, it's God. Here's, here's what First Peter 2.15 said. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. I love it. I love it because Sunday, a guy, or Saturday night, uh, a, a guy here in town, and uh, he, he texted me. And uh, he said, uh, you got a friend day tomorrow? I said, yeah. Well, you, you, we won't come. I said, well, you're welcome to come. I want you to come. And, uh, of course, he, he was here for political reasons. Not, not him, but 
and he wasn't running for office, but he wanted to bring somebody to run for office. I said, sure, sure, I want you to come. Come on, come one, come all. And uh, what he don't know is I just treat them all the same. So he said, is our opponent going to be there? I said, yeah. He'll be here. Come on. So he's, he's a big talker. He's a big talker. He came, he said, is this going to be good? I said, it's going to be so good you ain't going to want to leave. You're going to want to come back. And when we got all through, I met him out here when he was eating. And he looked at me and said, Preacher, I got to tell you something. And he was serious. He said, that's the friendliest church I've ever been in in my life. He said, I ain't found nobody around here that wasn't friendly. I said, thank you, sir. That's a compliment. That's the way we want it here. But you know what? I didn't have to tell him. You just showed him. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Not if you look or if you say, or if, but if you have love one toward another. And he felt the love of God. This is what Peter said. It's the will of God by honorable lives that you show people and they silence themselves because they're, they're foolish accusations. All you've got to do is do good. Ronnie Cup. I don't see Ronnie tonight, but Ronnie, Ronnie uh, Cup. I was at his place of business a few days ago. He said, come here, won't you meet my brother? And I walked in and, and, I, and I met his brother. And uh, we were chatting a little bit. And I said, man, you need to come to church. Come be with us. And he said, preacher, you probably don't even remember, but 20 years ago, 20 years ago at the kangaroo station at the end of Frontage Road, you saw me in need and you handed me $20. I had no clue. I said, you sure it was me? He said, it was you, preacher. Your name Chance? I said, that's me. He said, it was you. You handed me $20 because I was trying to get to Tallulah, Louisiana. And you told me, here, here's $20 to help you get there. But you know what? I'm not bragging on me or pinning anything on me. But, but let me tell you what it does. It comes back to say, when you show your love and you show your kindness and you show the way that people ought to live and you step out, you are called. The Bible said you are called to do good. Here's what 1 Peter 2.21 said, for God called you to do good. Come on, say that with me. God called me to do good. God called me to do good. And, and, and even if it means suffering a little bit, just as Christ, He said, suffer for you. He is your example, and you must follow in His steps. Now, if you want to be different, let me tell you about a different man, Jesus Christ. He came preaching an abnormal gospel. He came preaching things that they couldn't grasp, they couldn't get a hold of. To the weak, He was gentle. To the rejected, he loved them anyway. He went to supper at Simon's house. He ate with sinners. When they didn't understand, he was patient with them. He was long-suffering. And furthermore, he was a forgiver of sins. He didn't hold anything against people. You see, you, you don't understand sometimes why you're going through what you're going through. But God has called you to minister through the pain and minister through the suffering and minister through the tough times. You may not get the promotion at work because of who you are. You may get made fun of at school or at college or in the job or wherever you may be. But, but, 
but it's okay. You may not be the one to get invited to the party because they know you're different. But I want you to know you ought to stand out like a sore thumb and say, I'm going to serve God no matter what. I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to be different no matter what. I'm not going there. I'm not saying that. I'm not being that. I'm going to be what God wants me to be because it's the greatest witness you could possibly have. Here's what Jesus did. He come teaching a doctrine that they couldn't handle. He started saying to them, love those that hate you. Oh, really? The normal. You know what the normal is? Hate those that hate you. You know what the normal is? People that despitefully use you, get them back. Do it back to them. That's what normal is. You kill my dog, I'll kill your cat. That's normal. We can't be normal. Everybody say amen. You can't be normal. Love those that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Now what the Bible said? Those that persecute you, you got to pray for them. You got to love them. You got to you got to keep because that's what God called you to do. Jesus wasn't proud. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't condescending. He wasn't defensive. He wasn't hateful. Here's what Peter said in the 22nd verse. He never sinned nor ever deceived anybody. He, he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried out sin in his body. He personally carried our sin in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live what is right. That's First Peter 2, 22 to 24. So what I've come to tell you tonight, love your enemies, bless people around you, be the good neighbor, go mow somebody's yard for nothing. Buy somebody. Look, I want to challenge this church. I've never done this. I want to challenge you. Next time you go through a drive-in, I want you to ask the people, who, how much is the bill behind me? If it's feasible, pay it. Are you crazy, preacher? No. No. I'm just saying we're called to do the right thing and the goodness of God. He took your sins. He died in your place. He became your sacrifice. Quiet as a church mouse. It's okay. He said, Jesus said, if a man asks for you to go a mile, go with him. He said, if he asks for your coat, give him your cloak also. If he wants your shirt, give him your shirt. Give him your sweater too. Okay. You're called to be good. You see, we're known by the good works that we do to the world. Good works won't save you, but it'll it'll leave a testimony with your neighbor. It'll say something to the man down the road. Don't repay. First Peter three nine says this: Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. That's in the Bible, and He will grant you His blessing. You're called to go the extra mile. You're called to go twain instead of one. 
You're called to give more than is expected by normal people. We are the church of the living God. We are chosen. We are royal. We are holy. And guess what? We are peculiar. And that means that God called us out to be His very own. We are not just ordinary people. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you tonight, we're not just an ordinary church. We're not just the run-of-the-mill church on the corner where everything's dead and dried and there's no miracles and no power and no signs and no wonder. I'll tell you what it is. We're called to be Christians. And to be Christian and to be Christ-like. And the last time I checked about Jesus... The Christ that we serve, He was performing miracles, opening blind eyes, raising dead folks, healing lepers, giving folks food. He was always doing something good. You can't find a bad deed. The only time He ever really got mad was when He went into the temple and they, they, were, they were using it for, for their own gain. And He turned their tables over and loosed their doves. And He said, this is a house of prayer. I'm here to tell you, God wants us to be that kind of Christian in 2020 and 2019, almost 2020, because the Lord is looking for people who will help those who are down and and depressed, who will take those that are bullied in their care, who will take them people, those people when family members have betrayed them and left them, people that can't do it on their own, you step out to help them, people that are short. On their dollars, sometime we need to help them. I know you can't help everybody. People who feel left out. This is a hospital. This is not a Kiwanis club. This is people that need help. This is where the sick come. This is where the desperate come. This is where the hungry can. We love you no matter where you've been. We love you no matter who you are. We love you. We love you. We love you. Our duty. We are called. Somebody say we are called. We're called to be different. We're called to love and we're called to serve and we're called to give and we're called to bless. That's what we're called for. We're chosen by God. Thank you. Thank you, Kirkland Stewart, Michael Dotre. Thank you for heading up Grace Place Ministries. You say that's just a small ministry. Yeah. But what we do is we take a Friday, the first Friday of every month. Is that correct? And we go down and we feed homeless people. Well, what's the big deal? The big deal? You want to know what it was? I'm going to tell you this, Kirkland, you'll love it. One of the ladies that works at Grace Place, she's an employee there that helps feed people every day. She walked in those doors Sunday morning, and she said, I'm from Grace Place. I said, oh, we're so glad to have you. I said, our people love serving and ministering Grace Place. She said, Pastor, could I tell you something? There's two groups that come to Grace Place that are special, and yours is one of them. This is what she said. They love to serve, and I can just feel God and their heart. They love what they do, and they make a difference when they come. So you're just bragging. It's not me. I don't go. I've, I've been maybe one time. Is that right? It's you guys, it's your team. It's people that love people. Serving, loving, giving. It's not for our glory. If you if you read the Lord's Prayer, the end of it says, To thine 
be the glory. Not for the preacher. Not for the church. Glory don't come to us. Our service ought to be to give God glory. Our loving, our giving, our blessing. If you're really what God called you to be, you'll walk out of this room tonight. I wish Ronnie was here tonight. I'm not sure why he's not, but Ronnie told me the other day, I was riding in the vehicle with him, Ronnie called. This way he told me, I thought, my Lord. I told my wife about it that evening. He said, Brother Danny, I get up every morning and I pray, God, give me somebody to help today. Just send me somebody to help today. That's true Christianity, folks. That's true Christianity. That's giving the way God wants us to give. He didn't say, God, bless me today. He said, God, give me somebody to help today. Give me somebody to bless today. I wonder how long it's been since we prayed that prayer. You are called. You are called to do the ministry of Jesus Christ. Stand with me all over this room tonight. Different. I want to be different. I don't want to be... I don't want to be like everybody else. The Holy Ghost ought to make us different. We ought to live different, talk different, love different, minister to people different, give everything we've got for the souls of men different.